You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. I'm back. Yes, I showed up today. Deacon Charles is always surprised when he sees me because he wonders why I came. But here I am. We're here to celebrate with you the gospel for this weekend. Letting God's word soak into our hearts, along with you, all of our faithful viewers and listeners on podcast. Thank you for being here. Sam Zettel, Deacon Charles. That's it. Sorry. Hey Sam, I don't, it's not like I'm surprised that you showed up. It's more like I'm trying not to take you for granted because the reality is I can't take anything for granted, but you're life showing is up. short. Life is short. And uh, you should never take anything for granted a single day. Yeah. Right? It's true. It's true. Uh, although you can go crazy if you think about that too much. I like the turtleneck. Your head looks kind of like a sphere on a, a pedestal. Sure. It's round, very round. My round head. Yours is more oval, I think. Yeah, yours is round. Mm-hmm. And just with the, you know, the... Anyway. I don't think people are watching and listening I don't think so for comments. What they really want to hear is our goofy stories. But more importantly than that even is the Word of God. All right. I don't have any goofy stories at the moment. But um, we do want to tell you that our theme right now is Prepare the Way. How the Kingdom of God looks on Earth and how we need to change to live it. And it is the last night of Prepare the Way. Um, there are, of course, four ways to let God's Word soak into your heart, beginning with the background or on Tuesday's Thursday Night Appetizer, right now, here on Thursday nights at on YouTube and Facebook. Unify Worship Service, our last Unify Worship Service is tomorrow night. That's exciting, isn't it, Charles? I'm really looking forward to it, and I invite you, if you're, if you're within reach of watching or listening, or better yet, even coming, please come tomorrow night. We have a special uh, guest speaker. Uh, we'll be talking about the same scripture that we'll be discussing today and focusing on the Word of God in a different way uh, as well. That will be the same passage that we hear this Sunday at Mass, if you're watching or going to Mass. Um, so we really want God's Word to soak into our hearts because He is speaking to us all the time, and especially through His Word. Mm, amen, brother. Amen. I am hanging on. Oh, this is not the right one. Shoot. I was going to show them the unified logo, but I'm having trouble. Okay. Because we're trying to get our, um, you know, brand recognition going here. Oh, there we go. Oop. Oop. Nope. There. There we go. Okay. Ta-da. Unify. Welcome, praise, preaching, healing. Nothing like it. So there's tomorrow night and the next Unify series, which will tie right into our Thursday night appetizer, starts Friday, January 21st in the year 2022 of our Lord. I almost want to tell them about uh, Father Emmanuel. Yeah, tell them. Sure. So we had we just had a, a really nice, uh, a very positive review of Unify. We we're talking about it at our staff meeting. And Father Emmanuel's, uh, those of you who have been coming, if you've been watching the live stream, you haven't seen him, but um, um, he's been coming to Unify and he just really appreciates it and um, the place that it has in our parish and our community life. So fully endorsed by Father Emmanuel, which mm-hmm. is great. And he, yeah, just... Um, he commented on a few different things, music and the preaching, and 
And uh, one thing in particular is like kind of the charismatic dimension or like um, the fact that like we invite the Holy Spirit and we pray spontaneously and that it's a different kind of prayer than happens at the liturgy. Mm -hmm. I think is a good, um, it's a good compliment. A good compliment to our to our, our Catholic mass. liturgy. Yep. Yeah, which is center, central to our faith. And if you're not a Christ, a Christian or a regular church goer, um, you might find Unify really as as I hope you have a chance to do watching it coming come in person sometime because we really want to create an atmosphere atmosphere which I think we've done where if you're not a member of our community you can join in you can enter into and just feel welcome that's the first word under the under under Unify it's the word welcome and we really want to thank those who've been helping welcome guests like maybe you uh, because they make such a big difference when people feel welcome right ho okay well um I think we can get to our uh, the backgrounder now Charles if you're ready. I am. Thank you. And uh, let's let's uh, bring you up here. And where is it? There it is. We're ready to go. The backgrounder for December first, two thousand twenty-one. So this Sunday, uh, the passage we'll focus on th this evening as well. We're gonna we're gonna meet John the Baptist, and this is a guy in the wilderness where he is proclaiming Jesus coming. And the question is, why is he in the wilderness? Why did God direct His chosen people, Israel, in the Old Testament? to spend 40 years in the wilderness. What's, so, what's the big deal with the wilderness? Why does God send his messenger there? So the thing about the wilderness, um, first of all, it's a place with little water, far from comfort, far from civilization, far from the man-made world where most of us live and are able to, uh, we've adapted to life here. We know, how, we know how to get by, we know how to make it in the civilized world. But in the wilderness, people cannot take anything for granted not nearly as much as we do, not even their survival. They have to put a lot of effort just into finding food, water, and shelter. So God provided for Israel. This is what you hear about in the Old Testament in the Bible, the first part of the Bible. He provided for them when they were in the wilderness. So how could this whole thing have been part of his plan? I think they learned many things from that wilderness experience that we can also apply to our lives today, things we can learn. The first thing they learned is that they were completely dependent on God. They couldn't even... They couldn't, they couldn't carry enough water. They couldn't find enough food unless God provided, which he did. The second thing is they needed to be purified of their worldly ways. They had been living in Egypt in captivity. They'd gotten into this whole way of life of the Egyptian people um, and gone away from God and what he had called them to as his chosen people. So in the wilderness, they were able to be purified of their worldly ways. And the third thing is they eagerly expected to enter the promised land where God would bless them. So the wilderness was not in a goal in itself. It was it was a, a path, literally a path, that led them to God's promised land. That's the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we're looking at Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist goes into the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. John calls people out, out of the cities where they are self-sufficient and comfortable. And what they do is they come to repent of their sins. John also foretells the coming of the Messiah, the chosen one of God, Jesus. Jesus fulfills the promise that God makes to Israel that, that John the Baptist talks about, which is an amazing office, offer, which is all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So we've talked about Israel, we've talked about John the Baptist and how they were both in the wilderness. And I think if you look at yourself honestly, and I look at myself honestly, we can, we can realize our hearts can also be like comfortable, self-sufficient, just like those people whom John was calling. This uh, this this week we we look forward to Christmas. It's coming in. Uh, I don't know, is it three weeks or so? 
we celebrate the birth of Jesus in order to celebrate, to prepare the way to receive Jesus, which is our theme, our overall theme, prepare the way, we need to repent of our sin and selfishness. So you may be in a wilderness time of your life. What's a wilderness time, time of your life? You know, just this morning here at, here at Holy Family, we're talking about three families we know, and there are many others, who are right now dealing with a family member who's, who's very sick, possibly going to be dying. They don't know. You know, that, that's, that's a wilderness. There are lots of different, different kinds of wilderness. Um, when I ask people about wilderness, they say, would say things like being lonely, um, feeling despair, anxiety, all kinds of things that are that are like a wilderness in our hearts. And here's the encouraging thing, and it may be hard to hear, but you need to hear this. We need to hear this, that God allows us to be in, wild, in the wilderness for a reason, because it allows us to realize how much we depend on him, how much we need to repent of our sin and selfishness, and how much he plans to bless us. So if you are in a wilderness time of your life, I want to encourage you with this message of hope. Um, let's join with John the Baptist and all of God's chosen people who prepare the way of the Lord. That's our background for this week. Sam, if you'd like to lead us in prayer and then share the passage from Luke chapter 3, that would be this, uh, this, this week's reading. Yes, I will. So if everyone could please join me in praying together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we praise and we glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for you are great, you are mighty, you are holy, and yet, Lord, you are a personal God, a God that wants a relationship with your children, with those that you love. You remind us, Lord, that we are lovable, that we are your beloved, that you would do anything for us, that you would give your life for us. And in proving that, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, to suffer as an, as an offering, as a sacrifice, as, as the Lamb of God to suffer and die in our place for our sins. And though he was sinless, he took on all of our sins so that we could be set free, so that we could be uh, relieved of that burden and and to join you and to live with you, to have your presence again in our lives, to live with you in heaven one day. So Lord, we ask that you would send your spirit, the, the promised Holy Spirit that you gave to your apostles is ours as well. Holy Spirit, come into our lives, come into our hearts right now and our minds and fill us. Help us, Lord, to enter the wilderness um, right now as we reflect. Uh, help us to get away from all the things that distract us, that, that concern us in our daily lives, and to be able to just focus on you and on your scripture today. Come, Holy Spirit. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria, and Trachonitis and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. All flesh shall, shall see the salvation of God. Just invite you to open your heart to whatever God wishes to say to you through his word uh, this evening, or whenever you may be listening. We reflect on Luke uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Whenever you're ready, Sam. 
the line that stands out to me is the word of God came to John. And uh, I think the reason that line stands out is I just, I think it's so interesting that, um, that God once again, doesn't wait for us. He doesn't wait for John to come to him. It's like, um, he goes to John. So the word of God was a gift to John. It was like given to him. Mm -hmm. Right. At least that, that's my interpretation of this. Yeah. This line that, uh, you know, John, um, knowing what we know about John the Baptist, he was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? Uh, born in their elder years, right? So almost like a mir- miraculous birth. Yeah. Definitely. Or, uh, yeah, I would say that's definitely, a, definitely a miraculous birth, yeah. miraculous conception. Mm-hmm. And um, the, he's the cousin of Jesus and nephew or cousin of the Virgin Mary as well. And um, I just was thinking about how, like, John had been in a sense, probably preparing for this moment mm-hmm. in a lot of the ways that are mentioned below there. Um, although not in a literal sense, but like probably in his own life, um, Elizabeth and Zechariah raised him to to be ready for this moment, telling him of the coming of the Messiah and of the, uh, the you know, the promise promises made in like the book of Isaiah and uh, the prophecies about, you know, the coming son of David. And then when the time came, um, John was in the right place. He was in the desert, and the word of God came to him. And then he began to go and, re- and preach repentance in order that other people might be prepared for when Jesus came, right? For when Jesus pr- began preaching. At least that's what I think is happening here. And I just was thinking how amazing it is that um, the word of God is a gift. It's not something we had treat. We, we can go looking for it, but ultimately I think it's sort of like faith that way, that faith is ultimately a gift that we receive. Um, no one can... Isn't, um, didn't Jesus say no one comes to the Father unless it's granted from above? That's kind of mm-hmm. what comes to mind, that like God has to will the gift being given to us. We can prepare for it, and that's what we're being called to do. Yep. Being called to prepare for it, but ultimately it's God who gives the gifts. Yeah. And, and we almost have to just be ready and wait. And what I like, like what you said in the background about the wilderness, maybe you're going to talk about this too, but um, the, the fact that in the wilderness we're away from all the things that, that make our make the road bumpy and mm-hmm. uh, you know make basically make it more difficult to see God working. When we take a step back in the wilderness and in like in retreat from our daily lives, then we can see clearly and we can be like more disposed. I think that's the word disposed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking now. Well, I want to respond to what you said before I go into what I was going to share about, which is sometimes we do that voluntarily. Some people will call that a retreat. A retreat is a time of prayer set apart from everyday life. But I was thinking about how when you are in a wilderness in your life, and this is something anyone can experience, whether you're a Christian or not, you have to forget about all the inessentials. When someone, I was thinking about those three families we know, members of our community here, when someone you love is dying, nothing else, nothing irrelevant matters anymore. You realize how how many trivialities were kind of occupying your life and your time. At least that's my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so wilderness has that, like, if it's imposed on you, it's not something you want. <laughs> or you choose it voluntarily, and then you, then you do enter into it on your own. But really, the point is you let go of and put aside all those inessentials that are, or most of our life is taken up with, and needs to be, with things that are not the most essential things. And mm-hmm. that's, I was going to focus on prepare the way, um, so prepare the way something we're supposed to do, as you as you were saying about John the Baptist. But then the line after that, which complements it, is 
every valley shall be filled and every hill and every mountain made low. So prepare the way is something we do, but filling valleys and lowering mountains so that the, the way is smooth and flat for the coming of the king. That's what it's like. There's like a, a highway, if you like, in the wilderness is being prepared for God. Um, that's God's work. Like we cannot fill valleys and lower mountains the way that God does it. Mm -hmm. And I have seen that in my life with uh, different situations in my life where seemingly impossible obstacles and then I've ended up on the I've faced seemingly impossible obstacles and then ended up on the other side. And it, I mean, sometimes literally for years with different situations that like I know we're dealing with them. Um, a very simple one for me, it's happened at least twice in my life, is looking for work, um, leaving a job, not knowing what, what would be next. And the job that came next, and this is just my experience, not necessarily anyone else's, was like, oh, of course, that's what God wanted for me. I couldn't imagine life without that previous position that I had, which for a variety of reasons was, was really good. But there's something even better that God prepared me for. Um, and then I think there's an element of, of my cooperation or John the Baptist cooperating to receive the word, but it's not something he can come up with. It's like, I really like to be said, it's like the word, the word of God is a gift. And maybe it might be appropriate just to ask you about this because of we're, we're ending this series, although Thursday Night Appetizer is back next week, even though the series is wrapping up, is um, specifically, I want to ask you a question, Sam, because I like putting you on the spot. Okay. Because the Word of God does refer to God speaking to John, but the Word of God also refers to the Bible. I was going to ask you about the place the Bible plays in your life. The place the Bible plays in my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Where does the Bible fit in? Plays or yeah. the place it occupies? Where does it fit in? Well, it fits into my daily life big time. I mean, it's part of my daily prayer. I read, read the scripture whenever I do my daily prayer. Usually a reading. Sometimes mm -hmm. the office. Not always. Mm -hmm. One or the other. Sometimes just reading. Sometimes I'll just be in a certain frame of mind and I'll remember a, a passage I want to read. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll go to it. Um, yeah, I was when we were a few weeks ago in Alpha. I mentioned this on Thursday night after as a two. We were talking about the Bible. It's like week six or seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we were talking about the Bible and like the role it plays. And uh, I was just thinking about how it's amazing how what I whatever I read seems to fit. You know, almost like in a prophetic way, what I'm dealing with mm -hmm. somehow. Right. The, it, I've had that experience, so I'm nodding because I'm agreeing with you. I feel like it happens like that more often than not. It's not yeah. like it's always exactly what I need to hear or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's what I don't want to hear, right? but I need to hear, right? Um, but um, it all, there's always something, like sort of like when we're doing Thursday Night Appetizer, yeah, and we're reflecting, and that and, and tied in with Unify as well. Like by the time we get to Friday night, I feel like I've been really soaking in it, mm -hmm. and it's really st stuck with me. You know, I could probably remember something from every one of the last, you know, yeah, seven weeks um, from the gospel, which is unusual. I wouldn't normally be able to do that, but um, and it's just so life giving. It just and it fills me with hope too. There's always there's so much there's so much hope in it that what you're facing now is, um, you know, that God's God still got you. You know, there's still reason for hope. Mm -hmm. Which ties to the wilderness, because yeah. Whatever wilderness you might be in right now, I, I think maybe the, maybe one way to think, I was just thinking about it, it's like 
like uh, low-grade wilderness, which we're probably all in to some extent in some aspect of life. An example would be, I don't know, maybe as a family member or a friend whom we haven't talked to for a long time because there was some disagreement, probably minor, but you know you need to work at reconciling that relationship. That's like a low-grade wilderness. I think, I'm guessing a lot of people have someone or more than one person in their, in their life like that. But then there are the more extreme situations, like as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And you don't you don't always choose those things. But if you if you allow them to kind of, I think it's good to realize the extent to which the wilderness is part of life, because that's when we, I would say, discard the inessentials, and that's what the wilderness does, and allows us to focus on on God and His Word. Well, you know what I was going to say about the the wilderness earlier, when you when you were singing about it when you were reading the backgrounder. Yeah. You were talking about the Israelites in the wilderness. Right. Um, which is like an Exodus. It's like the whole thing. I'm, sure. I'm really familiar with Exodus because of Exodus 90. But um, which is a men's, a men's spiritual kind spiritual of purification thing. for 90 days. Yeah, begins in January. Look it up on our website if you'd like to join. Yeah. Um, Cold showers every day. Yeah, although certain people want to drop that one, that that particular one, yeah, cause whatever, because they're, they're saps. But anyway, um, no wilderness. Book the of thing, Exodus. thing about the wilderness in the book of Exodus is, yes, it's an event that happened and it was 40 years long. Um, but we're in Advent right now, you know, and there's also like this sort of cosmic element to it, hmm. apocryphal element to it, that all our whole life is the wilderness. Sure. In a sense. We're really not at home. Like in a, mm-hmm. That's like a theme all through the scriptures, that this is right. not our home. We're, life is like, the Psalms say that life is like a tent, mm-hmm. Right. Um, that we we await our our permanent dwelling, our permanent home made of brick and stone, right. not of not a not a temporary tent, and that's what that's what this life is in in the flesh in on earth. So it's temporary. I mean, it's not not that it's nothing, mm-hmm. but um, it's still important. It still matters. But I was thinking about it in that sense. Like I'm sure a lot of people can relate to the fact that like, do you feel like you're going through the wilderness now, just in general? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my answer to that, whether the answer is yes or no, I think the answer is you should, because we aren't home yet. We're not, yeah. we're not in that. You were saying all those things about like, when you're in the wilderness, you're away from like all your comfort and everything like that. Well, we're really always in that, mm-hmm. you know, and if we are comfortable, it's kind of an illusion. Yeah. You know, like we really shouldn't get too comfortable because Jesus said things like, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, you mm-hmm. know? you follow me you have to take up your cross and not look back and not turn your hand and yeah. turn from the plow you know when you put your hand to the plow and things like that like like this is this isn't a game this is for real we're really in the wilderness and at the end of exodus mm-hmm. the promised land right and the promised land is what we're waiting for we're looking for where we'll have our permanent home you know the land promised to us yeah is, is heaven right so something i've been thinking about for a while and had a conversation about recently with my daughter may whom you know uh is how much people struggle but don't know how to share their struggles don't know who to talk to who to trust and we're talking about the younger generation of people in my family like they're people in their teens teens and 20s at this point um and how they're all struggling in different ways we weren't the details don't matter because they'd be different for each person, but some it's more severe, but everybody's struggling in some way. Mm-hmm. And that is to say, there's wilderness in everybody's heart. And the challenge is not necessarily the wilderness itself. It's that, that feeling of being alone in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And the thing about John I was thinking about is he was alone, but somehow that being alone 
prepared him to receive the word of God. So like his, I think I would say he had like super sharp focus, waiting expectantly, like you were talking about. And then, which is really interesting is then he starts calling people and they respond. So he's not like, first of all, he's, he is alone. Then he's not alone because God speaks to him in his heart. That's the most profound unity and connection anyone could have. And out of that experience of connection and realizing I'm not alone, God has just spoken to me. I can now proclaim his word and call other people. Because the thing is, the people in the cities who are comfortable that John is calling out are actually in the wilderness too. They just don't realize it because mm -hmm. they're so comfortable. Yeah. They're caught, in, caught up in the illusion. Yeah. That's actually kind of the way I see a lot of people mm -hmm. today. Kind of caught up in the illusion. I mean, I, I, I say that like it's someone else. It's me as well. I get caught up in the illusion as well. You know? And I, I think that's why we do need to consciously make times when we're away from it. Yeah. And like you said, in retreat, like it's always a good idea to have times of retreat when we back away, make the effort. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to focus on and ask you about is what the passage we heard from the gospel of uh, Luke says, he's quoting Isaiah, every valley will be filled and every mountain made low. That is God, if I may say literally, in that passage or figuratively in our lives moves heaven and earth to make the way possible for us that's that's really amazing and any one of us whether you're a church core but especially if you're not a christian you might wonder does god actually do that because i haven't seen that what does, do you think does god actually prepare yeah. the way yeah does he actually do that um yeah like do you mean like the way for him or the way for us maybe both maybe both because i was thinking it could actually be understood I've always understood it to mean prepare the way for Jesus. Yes, right? it is. Yes. But you could actually interpret it the other way, that it's preparing, maybe it's preparing the way for us, mm -hmm. right? To approach him. I don't know. I think it's kind of both. But does, does, does he, he do, does he does do he that? Actually do that? Like yeah, it, yeah. It makes it possible. It? Have seen you seen it? it? Yeah, I've seen it in my own life. Okay. Yeah. Like? Oh, I was just thinking about like, I was, I was thinking of like my, the first mission trip that I, mm -hmm. That I went on. I know I've talked about it over and over again. So that's okay. Talk about it again. Well, I a just, little bit. I, I think, um, I, what I saw that summer in my own life, I, I really had a, like a profound conversion experience. And I, I recognized Jesus for kind of for the first time as a personal friend and, and savior that I hadn't before. But he, he did prepare the way for me. Like, and it wasn't, it was almost, it wasn't like it was involuntary. Like there's always a, it's like you said, there's always an aspect of cooperation. You're never just like, God never forces himself upon you. Mm -hmm. But there were like things in there, like in that story of me going and just things I had to overcome in order to get there. Yeah. Where he was really like flattening the road. Making it happen. Making it happen. Making yep. it open, yep. Preparing the way. Yeah. You know, so that I could see the salvation of God. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and those are, they were real things. They weren't like, I'm not just saying like, oh, yeah, everything worked out according to plan. There were things that were really odd about it. Yes. That I, I look like back it. now and I go, oh, I, I'm I'm very sure that God was, was moving me, you know, and moving things so, in my life out of the way, I want, preparing I want, the way. Something that might help people listening would help me as well. would be, you said while you were on the trip, you experienced a significant conversion to Jesus to yeah. know him as a personal friend and savior, but you put all the effort and God opened the way before you went on the trip. Mm -hmm. So what motivated you before you experienced conversion to even move in that direction? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, I had, 
my my family was very supportive of mm -hmm. my Christian faith. Yeah, but I was not receptive. Right at the time, I was kind of just like I was a teenager and I was interested in girls and other things um, more than I was in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was actually. But you, but you had you had to have enough motivation to even make all the effort. Yeah, but the funny thing was, I, the motivation wasn't to go and find Jesus or oh. even really to do mission work. Okay. The motivation was actually to get away from the farm for us for a summer. Right. I saw it as a vacation. Right. And it was the exact opposite of a vacation. If you ever go on a mission trip, um, here's a tip: it's not a vacation. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard physically and emotionally, spiritually. Um, so I was not expecting at all what happened. That's okay. why I think it was almost supernatural because it wasn't a, um, it wasn't really my intention. It was almost like I was tricked. Right. Does that make sense? Well, Jeremiah <laughs> says that, Lord, you have enticed me. I let myself be enticed. Right. I was like, oh, this sounds good. Like I'm going to go and meet new people and get away for the summer and no, no bailing hay mm -hmm. or straw, you know, getting away for a vacation. I thought it was like a trip away. Um, turns out, no, it was not a trip away. It was actually way way more than i could have anticipated now maybe it was planted by other people like my parents might have had something and prayer that. people praying for people you People praying for me and my grandparents my yep. uh, my mom and dad so one thing you said it reminds me of the wilderness is it wasn't a vacation in fact it was really arduous physically wilderness emotionally spiritually we so you really lived in the wilderness in florida and then we trained we trained in the wilderness right so we slept in um in the like the the lowlands of florida like the yeah. swamp yeah yeah and uh like my tent was like um you know you've all been to a swamp but you like you know there's little like outcroppings of dirt and then water so our tent was on a outcropping of dirt and then there was water all around and like wow. rac like wildlife and raccoons and alligators and things like that and every day it would flood and our tent would get wet because it would rain and the water would go up and then hmm. go down so it was quite literally the wilderness and another thing that i think was in this this is something I learned from teen missions that I've brought with me in all of all of the stuff I do with youth and mm -hmm. stuff whenever we do mission trips is they really didn't let us bring anything. Now this was before cell phones, but we weren't allowed any electronics or music or anything. Wow. Yeah. And that that was instrumental in my conversion because it it took away all of the distractions. Mm -hmm. You weren't even allowed to bring books. Everything you, you had to basically just you could have a Bible, you could have a Bible and your journal and anything they supplied you. But, mm -hmm. um, you came with just your clothes, a little bit like passport. John the Baptist. You, 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 like more like it's it's a very close, there is a close comparison to John the Baptist. Mm. In the I guess I just never thought about that before, right? Right, right. So before we started talking about yeah. it, yeah, so you wanted a holiday from the farming, which is hard work, mm -hmm. and you got something that was perhaps even more arduous. And I got 40 days in the wilderness, it was about yeah. 40 days long, yeah, yeah. So what was the word of God that I'm going to ask you very specifically, because we're talking about Sam. I'll, I'll switch to myself in a moment. Yeah, please do. Because <laughs> you're, Sam. it's embarrassing for you. I know. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm doing this. I like to see you squirm. No, seriously, not for your sake, for the people, sake of people watching, listening, including me. What did God say to you? I know you said you encountered Jesus mm. as a personal savior and friend. How, what did he say to you? If you could look back on 20 years ago, plus what did he say to you? Uh, yeah. Um, really specifically, yes. Um, one there was one night, yeah, in particular, we were in the big top, there were like a giant circus tent, and there were like a thousand youth there. Hmm. And, um, they always had a speaker every night, so mm -hmm. they had like a speaker come for, a, for like a few days, 
and they give it like a series. And there was always like music and the speaker and then like kind of an altar call every night. They do that. Uh, we did an altar call at Unify last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember that one in particular because the message was, um, it was around being a soldier of God, but more broadly, like the message I heard that I felt like God was saying to me was, I want you to serve me. Mm. I want you to give your life to me. Mm-hmm. And not, not just like, not just to be a believer, but to like go, like mm. go on mission and serve me hmm. so the, and that that was like a kind of a really clear call and i really felt that night i really felt like i had to go up like there this was like maybe night eight or something and they'd always had an altar call and i believed in i believed in jesus believed in god <coughs> yep and i never felt compelled to go up before that moment right and then i really felt like the spirit the holy spirit was tugging at me that night and mm-hmm. saying like you should go up i need you to make a, a commitment tonight right, right there for for this so if you look and back on 20 years later i know i'm talking we're talking more about you but just to just to wrap this up i'm gonna say because i was part of the last say the last 10 or so years of that journey my guess is would you agree with the statement that it was not what you were expecting in some ways the last 20 years i mean when you were sent you went into mission as god god called you to it was not not necessarily what you were expecting but it was like always that's what i think i've seen always something new and surprising that only god could do Mm -hmm. yeah even the fact that I'm still here today. <laughs> like we were talking about earlier on. It's, it's actually surprising. Put a bow on it. Like about like two years into ministry. Yeah. I would have told you I was that I didn't know if it was going to continue. Right. And it's been like that ever since. So there's That's never actually, been a point where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm just going to do this as a career and stay here. Yeah. It's not really a career for one thing. No. I had, I'll just say, give a very, very simple example, but very important to me is when I was 48, which is several years ago now. And I was several invo- decades, decades ago now. No, no, no. Um, I was still doing youth retreat ministry, and I, I loved it. I really did love it. It was great. I loved being out. A lot of a lot of what we did was outside. I loved meeting new kids, new uh, teachers, and praying with them, and hopefully leading them to encounter Jesus. But when I got forty to forty, I thought, well, I mean, I could still keep doing this, but I don't think I'm called at this stage of my life to keep doing ministry that's primarily focused on youth. So I, I began praying. When I was 48, okay, God, whatever's next, just, just, just maybe when I'm 50, I was sort of like thinking when I'm 50, the place I was working closed when I was when I turned 50. That was June of 2016. Within three months, I had a job that was really, really hard. I couldn't believe how hard it was being a chaplain in a nursing home. It was like a wilderness because after a few months, I realized, which is still true today, five years later, it's like I get to know these people. I like them. I care for them. I pray with them. I serve them. And then they keep dying because that's what happens in nursing homes it's really hard i don't like that part of it just last week a guy i got to know quite well we were friends he just died i knew he was dying but you just you can't really prepare for it even even as a chaplain nursing home you can't prepare for it when someone you care about dies Mm -hmm. and i couldn't imagine before entering into that ministry that i would have the strength to do it and i think that's part of the the valleys being filled and the mountains made low it's like okay i actually don't have the strength to do this but somehow god gets me through it that's what i would say yep and really like we get comfortable in the wilderness yeah and then and i find that if we're always seeking god and we're always inviting his holy spirit that he keeps drawing us back into the wilderness in some way like yeah even in this not necessarily in the same in a different place or right 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 job or anything like that's a that's a big example, a good example. Yeah. But um, 
but even just like stretching us, right? Oh gosh, the last year Pulling and a half. us out of our comfort zone, out of so, our wilderness. Let me speak to all of our experience, probably everyone watching, listening, however you think, whatever you feel about this. I'll just say COVID, yeah. is that in your ministry, in my ministry, but in our lives, in everybody's lives, like all of a sudden, why do we have to do this? It's obviously been an experience that we could certainly call a wilderness experience for all of us together mm -hmm. unprecedentedly so yep uncharted uncharted waters yeah mm -hmm. and really hard time but I, I i would say for me and I, I i don't think we should talk about this now but we can at some point it's like god has also revealed things to us said things to us and led us in new ways that we would not have expected could not have prepared for uh and yet we managed to do it and he's gotten us this far and we've met mom you know one of the best things I would say met new people whom we might not have otherwise met if it wasn't for this wilderness experience that we've been sharing. Mm -hmm. Sam, we've been um, sharing for quite a while here, speaking of sharing. Yeah, I almost want to end with a, a video that just, I think, just sums up Do the it. wilderness theme. How long is it? Well, we, we can just, we can conclude and then play it at the end. Okay. Yeah. It's called Burn the Ships. Mm. And uh, it's by For King and Country. Mm. Okay. It's about trusting God no matter where he leads us, kind of with a ship encountering new land theme. Um, I have never, I, there's a play called The Satin Slipper, which is a famous Catholic play in French the from 100 years. The Satin Slipper? Yeah, yeah. But here's the, the here's a connection to, I saw the video as you're loading it up here. Um, it starts with a man who's hanging on to part of a shipwreck in the middle of the ocean. He's a Jesuit priest, Christian, and it's like, his situation there, which is impossible to sustain, is the image of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, or really to be a person. It's like, there he is in the middle of the ocean, hanging on to this wreckage, all alone, and no idea what's going to happen, and yet he knows God is sustaining him and is with him, and leading him somewhere in the middle of that. that may tie, that's what came to my mind when I saw what you were pulling up there. Um, I don't know if that ties or not. Do you want to end in prayer? I usually do. Do you want to end in prayer? Oh, why not? You're going to sure. lead us into a video. All well. right. Oh, thank you, God. Your, uh, your word is alive and living, and it always inspires us and always leads us closer to you and uh, to each other and just into a discussion that, uh, that gives us new life and a new way of seeing things. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the wildernesses in our lives. Thank you for the reminder that this is just a temporary tent, a temporary dwelling that we're living in. That this is not our home, that our home is in heaven, that you have made us for so much more, that you want us to trust you during this time of wandering. In a sense, Lord, I know that we're all wandering, but we recognize that some in our community and in our families and in our lives are suffering, wandering, especially right now with the unknown, struggling with what to do and decisions to make and so forth. And so we ask you, Lord, to be with them and help our community to come around them and support them. And we just ask you, Lord, to to courageously face the unknown in our lives and to say yes to you no matter what it means, no matter how dangerous or uncertain things in the future may seem. We know that you've got us, that you are our rock and our stronghold, that you'll always protect us and always be with us. We don't have to struggle or wander alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. And I'm going to end with a little bit of this song, Burn the Ships. I'm not going to play too much of it, though, because it might get us a strike on YouTube, so... Um, if it gets cut off or something or, um, you know, the audio stops, just uh, go and find it. It's easy to find on YouTube. And uh, Called what again? It's called 
Burn the Ships by For King and Country. So thanks for joining us and uh, joining me and Charles today. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Don't forget to come to Unify tomorrow. It's going to be great. 7 o'clock. We'll see you then. Surprise guest speaker. Surprise guest speaker. Don't miss it. Okay. God bless everybody. Bye. Disappear, we're coming clear